Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So you've got the State of the Union tonight. You've got Iowa results that you don't know anything about. And then you have impeachment and the acquittal vote tomorrow. Dear Lord. Ain't that something? That is a lot going on for just a couple of days. It's funny that with this Iowa debacle, with the questions of what the president's going to say during the State of the Union, that impeachment has been demoted to third chair. You know, you, you, you've, got, you've got Adam Schiff saying, how can I destroy best the Democratic Party I know, an impeachment that nobody wants and no one will vote for where I can't even get witnesses called. And then here comes Iowa to be like, wait, oh, no, we got this one. We're good. Good Lord. State of the Union. Does the president bring up impeachment? Not if he, I don't think so. I don't think he does it. Because uh, the theme that we're hearing about for the State of the Union is all about bringing the country together. Bringing up impeachment doesn't discuss that. He could get close, right? He could say things like, now is the time to stop finding ways to tear us apart and finding ways to work together, right? And that could get it close. But that's not the same as, you tried to impeach me, I won, you're a loser, that's all. I think that's a terrible Trump impression. I've got a cold, so the whole thing just sounds ridiculous in my head. Totally ridiculous. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, you got Tony. 833-468-8669. No, I don't, I don't think you have anybody bringing up impeachment at all. It doesn't mean that you might not have some Democrats acting out. You already have two Democrats saying they're going to boycott. Whatever. Don't show up. Can I have your seat? I'm here in D.C. Can I have your seat? I'll, I'll sit. I'll watch. You know what? I'll bring milk for everybody. Chocolate milk for Mitt Romney. What the heck? Just let me sit and watch the thing because it's going to be a show. You know, no matter what, it's going to be a show for sure. And then tomorrow is the vote on acquittal. Now, Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, he spoke earlier today. And I wanted to share it with you. You know, we didn't get everything, right? I'm not giving you the whole thing. Just the... The, he, he gets into basically the highlights of, of where we're at with this and what has to come next. This is Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader of Kentucky on impeachment. The House managers were basically arguing that the president could not have been acting in the national interest because he acted inconsistently with their conception of the national interest, a conception shared by some of the president's subordinates as well. This does not even approach a case for the first presidential removal in American history. Doesn't even approach it. Such an act cannot rest alone on the exercise of a constitutional power combined with concerns about whether the president's motivations were public or personal and a disagreement over whether the exercise of the power was in the national interest The framers gave our nation an ultimate tool for evaluating presidents' character and policy decisions. They're called elections. They're called elections. If Washington Democrats have a case to make against the president's re-election, they should go out and make it. 
Let them try to do what they failed to do three years ago and sell the American people on their vision for the country. I can certainly see why, given President Trump's remarkable achievements over the past three years, Democrats might feel a bit uneasy about defeating him at the ballot box. But they don't get to rip the choice away from the voters just because they're afraid they might lose again. They don't get to strike President Trump's name from the ballot just because, as one House Democrat put it, quote, I'm concerned that if we don't impeach him, he'll get reelected. The impeachment power exists for a reason. It is no nullity, but invoking it on a partisan whim to settle three-year-old political scores does not honor the framers' design. It insults the framers' design. Frankly, it's hard to believe that House Democrats ever really thought this reckless and precedent-breaking process would yield 67 votes to cross the Rubicon. Was their vision so clouded by partisanship that they really believed, they really believed this would be anywhere near enough for the first presidential removal in American history? Or was success beside the point? Was this all an effort to hijack our institutions for a month-long political rally? Either way, Mr. President, the demon of faction has been on full display. But now it is time for him, the demon, to exit the stage. We have indeed witnessed an abuse of power, a grave abuse of power by just the kind of House majority that the framers warned us about. So tomorrow, tomorrow, the Senate must do what we were created to do. We've done our duty. We've considered all the arguments. We've studied the, quote, mountain of evidence, end quote. And tomorrow, we will vote. Yes, that vote will happen. And the president will be acquitted. But within what he said, and this is for people on the political left to understand, understand how the political right sees it and understand that nothing exists in a vacuum. What was attempted will be remembered. What you tried to sell America on. You know what? Maybe, maybe it wasn't you. What they tried to sell America on will be remembered. And it will be remembered as a lie. It will be remembered as a waste of time. If at all remembered by the people who were completely and totally uninterested in it. You know how many people were talking about impeachment out there in America? The correct answer is zero. They were never interested. They never had any interest whatsoever in impeachment. I was in, last weekend, I was in uh, Naples. <coughs> Sorry, had a little cough there. I was in Naples, Florida for a uh, conference. It's a great place to have a conference in January. You know how many people were talking about impeachment? Zero. You know how many people were watching impeachment? Zero. 
You know how many people were, were discussing things politically? Zero. Last night, I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm walking around the Capitol building, cigar in my hand. True story. I got a punch. That's what happened to me. So I happened to have one. It was a little smaller. You know, I didn't have too much time, but I, I, don't, I don't like short cigars because I don't like the idea of, you know, you got to fit one in. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to do. A cigar is about relaxation. But I'm going for a short walk, and I knew this, and I was going to meet some people. And so I've got the cigar. I'm walking around the, the Capitol. I'm smoking the cigar. And I had a couple people look at me like I had nine heads. Can't believe you're smoking a cigar in my city. Honey, I paid for this city. You see all this fancy adornment of the buildings? My tax dollar. Don't you look at my cigar and ask questions. You start by saying thank you. Thank you, taxpayer. What a fine job you've done giving me a place to live that quite literally looks like Capital City from the Hunger Games. There are more cranes in Washington, D.C. than you can shake a stick at. It's a beautiful city with our money. Damn straight, I'll smoke a cigar. I smoke a cigar on my back deck. I consider the stairway leading up to the Supreme Court and up to the Capitol, that's also my back deck. Because if I had those tax dollars, I could build a deck as big as those two places. Smoking a cigar. Smoking a cigar. And all of a sudden, these two young women jogged by me. Now, everybody was jogging. True, it was like 55 degrees in the district and it's February. People are wearing shorts. They're jogging. I can't even blame them. I cannot blame them. Now, if you've never been to DC, um, very often, if you're around Capitol Hill, you'll see all these young people because they all work on the Hill. They're all trying to figure out how to get the job. They're all shocking for power. And it's kind of like amazing and pathetic all at once. You know, uh, it's, it's because you, you, if you see it enough over the years, it's like, it's like the same crop of people and it's the same cookie cutter mold. And every now and then someone really pops out. Okay. That person's got skill, but most it's like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? What's happening here? So nobody's talking about impeachment in Naples, Florida. Nobody's talking about impeachment in Indianapolis, Indiana. Nobody's talking about impeachment in Lincoln, Nebraska. No one's talking about impeachment, uh, you know, uh, who, who's got a job in, in, in Northwest, uh, uh, in, in any part of the, uh, of, of the Plain States, right? They're talking about it in little pockets in San Francisco. They're talking about little pockets in New York, in D.C. Two girls jog by me. Someone who's white and someone who's black, and all I hear is, "And what would you think they they would say about a person of color like me?" And then the white girl says, "Oh, you're screwed." And then they just kept jogging. In the real world, people have to get on with their lives, and people have to feed their families, and people have businesses to run. When you're not in the real world, you get to talk about things like people of color. I didn't say there weren't racial issues in the United States. I'm saying they are nowhere near as big as we are told. That Gallup poll that came out a couple of weeks ago that shows race relations are better uh, now than they were under the days of Barack Obama. Uh, I would argue uh, that race relations are always better than the polls say because you don't actually hate your neighbor. You're never going to get rid of racism. You're never going to get rid of anti-Semitism. How do I know this? Because Ilhan Omar is still a member of Congress. And she's a wicked anti-Semite. And that Bernie Sanders accepts her nomination is, or, or her endorsement is only proof positive of how low-end and low-rent Bernie Sanders is. 
But here in D.C., it's the first time in my life in the in just a casual doings of things, I ever heard somebody say the term people of color, person of color. Usually, it's brought up in conversation because it's specific to a subject being discussed, right? I've never heard it said so casually. That's a difference. Maybe they were having a very valuable conversation. But when you're dealing with your employee, it's not a conversation. Hmm, what's their color? I guess that's going to decide what kind of employee they are. No. Can they do the job? You're, you're trying to deal with the regulation that this place, D.C., applies to your business. You're trying to make sure you make the payroll. And then when you get paid, you're trying to make sure you can afford the braces on little Johnny, right? All of those typical things, except they're not typical. They're true. And because they're true, you're not paying attention to impeachment. When you've got nothing else to think about, impeachment is all you think about. And that's the difference between the bubble of D.C. and where you and I live. That's the difference. The other difference is that for the Democratic Party... And the apparatchik around it, meaning the media, they're going to move on to the next thing. And they are going to work aggressively to get you to move on to the next thing. I mean, they can't do anything about the complete and total disaster that is the Iowa caucuses. How much it has damaged them. How bad they look in it. How much people have to question, wait a second, is this all to spike Bernie Sanders? And all those conspiracy theories uh, come come into play and let them run. Right? They now have to overcome the impeachment failure and the, the Iowa caucus failure. But they'll come up with something. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. In the next couple of days, there will be a story out that all the headlines will be about and all the talking heads will be talking about to try and move the subject. I don't think they can move it away from the lie of the last three years. The lie of Michael Bloomberg, uh, Donald Trump, he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be uh, president. Why? He didn't win? Of course he won. You know who says he didn't win? Liars. Deceitful people. Cheats. Third-rate people like Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams, who can't even accept the fact that she lost the governor's race in Georgia. Deceitful, ugly people don't accept election results in a free nation. The people of Venezuela should never accept Nicolas Maduro as their leader. Why? Not a free nation. Free nations? You deal with what you got, and then you get your guy elected. But as much as they try and move those goalposts, man, they ain't moving. I don't think going into to November, people forget what this impeachment was. It's not that you like Donald Trump. It was always a question of whether or not a phone call was impeachable. And bigger than that was the three years of joy the Democratic Party took in going after him and anybody who would defend him and dividing America. You want to talk about the divided America? It's on Schiff and it's on Pelosi. It's on Schumer. Everything Trump does is right? No. Everything Trump says is perfect? No. Impeachable? No. 
What did they say? What did these Democrats say? We don't care. We don't care about you and what you think. We only care about what we can destroy. And that's why we have to remember it in November. Because sure as I'm sitting right here and you're sitting right there, we're not done with impeachment. Yes, this acquittal will come. And yes, more articles will come. Remember that come November. I'm Tony Katz.